Hello, listeners, and welcome to Fighting Failure. In this episode, we're going to be talking about food waste. So just to give you a bit of context, we won't linger on the statistics for too long, but one third of the food that is produced every year is wasted. That's 1.3 billion tons of the people who like, you know, metric stuff, gigatons. It's a lot, which is, and this is, this is the staggering part for me, because, you know, there's so many people um, who have way too much food, and then there's so many people who have way too little food. And in fact, 10% of the global population are undernourished. But we produce enough food. Um, in fact, we waste enough food that chronically undernourished people could get 10 meals a day if the food we wasted went to them instead. Obviously, that's not practical, but that gives you a sense of the scale of this issue. And also another statistic for you is that people in the U.S. waste up to 95 kilos of food per person each year, which is about 250 grams of mostly edible food thrown away every day. I'm your host for this episode, Oscar Archibald. And I'm your co-host for this episode, Hisham King. Great, so let's get into the problems. The first big problem is the sheer wastefulness of spending so much money and resources just to chuck edible food. So if you think about the sort of resources that go into producing food, we literally did an entire agriculture section on how damaging all of this is. And to imagine that we could sort of re uh, reduce the damage by a third just by not throwing away food. We don't need to make any change to the agricultural system and a third could be reduced. And it's not just by not throwing away food. It's by not over shopping for food. A lot of people go to the store and then they end up buying more than they know they can eat and that's that's where the problem starts it's not necessarily that it's not like you know stop throwing away food that's gone bad it's stop buying food that you know is going to go bad because you don't have the time and tummy space to eat it before it goes bad we'll definitely get on to this and there's also an issue that some people are rightly adverse to food waste but then if they just eat all that food that extra food in a way, it's still wasted because it's it's people eating like way too many calories unnecessarily. That's not only bad for health, but it's in a way it's still wasted uh, because it's it's used unnecessarily, and that's not as big an issue as food being thrown away because there are then issues with the disposal of that food. Uh, whereas we've got sewage basically figured out at this point. So anyway, uh, tangent aside, if you think about the resources that go into it, like agricultural resources. Uh, if we manage to reduce food waste even by a small amount and therefore reduce the demand for food and therefore less food gets produced, you can imagine how with little technological innovation, we could uh, literally scale down the agriculture industry and therefore have less emissions. And then if we do that combined with all the solutions we talked about in the agriculture section, we could have a serious reduction in agricultural emissions with minimal effort. Yeah, and also, I mean, with current agricultural demands, the world is already having enough trouble, you know, sustaining and meeting our agricultural needs and so i mean to think that if we can cut down on that you know that chunk of food that we don't need that we know we don't need we can reduce the strain on the agricultural industry and on the planet um, because there is a lot of strain on the planet that comes from agriculture um, as we talked about in the agriculture section in season one such as you know in a lot of cases if it's not an organic source of food there's pesticide involvement in the growth process to prevent any damage to crops. It might be GMO, which can lead to super pests and be very damaging to surrounding crops. It can be a fertilizer-intensive scenario. 
in which a lot of runoff can cause algae blooms in the water. So having, you know, evidently then having high amounts of agricultural practice, you know, worldwide is putting a lot of strain on the planet. And even in a scenario where it is, you know, more sustainable and the farming is all done organically, there is still strain. I mean, you know, if till methods are still being used, a till is like when you, you know, hold the ground and you create those deep ruts in rows to plant seeds in. And if those methods are still being used, you know, of course, we talked about in season one, the overturning of soil that leads to the release of carbon that's stored in the soil, which then oxidizes and becomes CO2. And so this is like, I mean, you can see the number of ways in which agriculture is very, you know, a very intensive process on the planet. And so, you know, to think that we can cut down on such a big portion of of the food that we source and relieve some of that stress off the planet and off our agricultural sector just puts it in, into perspective for you. Absolutely. So um, to give you an idea of where food waste is coming from, because this is important to be able to tackle it, most food waste is from households in the UK that's 70%. And in fact, a lot of people think about supermarkets, you know, they're throwing away so much stuff. Supermarkets actually only make up 2.9% of food waste. So the biggest part is households. And that's a good thing in a way. Well, it, it depends how you look at it, to be honest. What's what's the rest of the percent? Um, it, other things, you know, like uh, the... For example, surpluses on fields is one example, um, or stuff that's thrown away because it's it's gone bad before it gets to the supermarket, as an example. Yeah, you say, you put it in the notes here, yeah, a lot of food is wasted due to high aesthetic standards, and that's what I was going to mention. When we lived in Sri Lanka, we used to love getting like these twin bananas, which are like two bananas, like Siamese bananas, and it was so funny, and they don't have them here because they throw them all away because they think customers don't want them. Of course, people want double bananas. Why wouldn't you? Seriously. Um, but yeah, it's a... It's a double-sided coin if you think about household waste because on the one hand, it means that individual people can address this issue quite effectively without much uh, government intervention. But on the other hand, it means that it's difficult to get system-wide change very easily. Um, So there's two ways to look at it. Anyway, so if we think about the cost of living crisis that we're in at the moment, especially in the UK and the US and high inflation uh, post-COVID, it's very difficult for most people to even avoid, sorry, afford their grocery bill um, or their shopping bill. And if you imagine how hard that is for people to to afford these things, then to think that they're actually spending 500 pounds on average a year on food that they just waste, it's quite astounding. And so if people were able to plan better, you could imagine that that situation could be a lot easier. And that's one way to tackle the issue is to tackle these two issues in harmony if we waste less food we also waste less money and that's certainly a good thing in developing countries 40 percent of food waste is due to poor harvest and poor processing whereas in uh, developed countries that number is very small and rather most is wasted at the household level what's interesting about this is that you see sort of like globally we have the solution each half of the problem uh, one half of the world not really half but you get what i'm saying one half of the world has figured out how to minimize food waste in the production of food, while the other half has figured out how to use all the food that they produce. And so it's all about just bringing those two together um, because we have developed agricultural systems that mean there's very little waste in, in the in the harvest, uh, whereas in uh, poorer nations, they're still struggling to get the, the, you know, the most yield out of their fields. 
Um, and But by contrast of the food that they have, much smaller quantities are thrown away. You're listening to Fighting Failure. This is episode 33, all about food waste. If you enjoyed this, we'd really appreciate it if you gave a five-star rating on iTunes and spread it with your friends so that we can share the positive climate message. Additionally, we also have a Patreon account that will help us reinvest in the podcast. If you're interested in that, the link is below. Now let's move on to the solutions. So, solution time. Now the first thing, on a positive note, is that, in fact, food waste, in the UK at least, is decreasing across the board which is exciting because it shows that it's actually possible to tackle this problem. It's not like some other issues in the climate crisis where we're not really seeing much improvement, such as possible investment in, in uh, fossil fuels could be a big one. Um, whereas here, we know we've seen a decrease. Um, that trend is continuing, so it shows that it's possible. We just need to accelerate the decline of food waste and propagate that across the world. And I think that means that we're on good steading, which is a very good place to be, I'd say. Um, anyway... Without further ado, let's get into the sort of specific areas of solution. The first one is retail. We talked about supermarkets making up a small percentage. Um, however, we talked about aesthetic standards as well. So supermarket waste is probably going to be things going off in the supermarket that haven't been reduced to clear, uh, that sort of thing. The aesthetic standards, it tends to be more at the farms, actually, that they're thrown away uh, because uh, because they know that the supermarkets won't accept them. I don't think that's counted as supermarket waste. I could be wrong. But that, you know, that's partially due to the societal stigma against slightly unesthetic vegetables like this fear that they're not as good as something that's that you know on the counterpart might look rather perfect and that's also partially as a result of this the supermarket creating those standards by not selling slightly and i I don't really get it because i think i think odd vegetables are actually really nice um I talked before about, you know, Siamese bananas, but, you know, if you've got, like, a two-legged carrot, it's just fun. It's just fun, and it's a bit boring when everything's so monotonous in the supermarket. Yeah, we also had, I mean, a funny thing the other day. I was at the farmer's market in Burlington, Vermont, where I am for the summer. Just We were at this one of the many farm stalls there, and there was one albino cucumber (laughs) that was taken out, and immediately someone was like, I'll take that. And so it's just like, I mean, once you know that there's no problem with something that might not be up to market standards with its aesthetics, like as long as it's not rotten, it's probably fine to eat. Like if it's, it's, you know, a fruit or veggie. And so it's just, you know, a big part of it is just destigmatizing that whole thing against slightly unesthetic fruits and veggies. Exactly. And I think, just calling for lower aesthetic standards for food across the board, like high food safety standards for sure, but lower aesthetic standards for food would be a good thing, I think. Um, and I think we're already seeing some progress, very limited progress. For example, uh, in the UK, supermarkets sell, for example, perfectly imperfect frozen berries, where your frozen berries are not all pristine like they would be in a planet. But there's definitely a long way to go in terms of this. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. And so the solution for this, other than just generally that, or a sort of small-scale solution because we really need industry-wide change, there's this company called Oddbox, which uh, we subscribe to for a bit, which is like this box that they go to farms and they collect 
the unsightly things before they get thrown away and then they put them in a box and then every week you get like a box with some random fruits and veg in it some recipes explanation of where they came from and that's all really interesting the issue with it however other than the expense is that what we found is we were hoping we were going to get like these fun odd vegetables we did from time to time but for the most part it was just surplus from farms rather than actual odd things and uh, we were worried that we were just basically becoming another buyer from the farm and the farm will just start producing more because they know they can sell their surplus to Oddbox. And so we thought it wasn't actually creating sustainable change as well as the fact that it wasn't so good. So now we've switched to a veg box called Riverford Organic, which is like all organic vegetables that we get delivered, which I think is obviously good because it's organic. Uh, Oddbox wasn't necessarily. And I think they will be uh, that kind of company that's implementing sustainable farming practices across the board, uh, organic, as well as some of the other stuff we've talked about, obviously like non-GMO. All right. So next up, we're going to sort of delve into these three areas that really need to be solved. Yeah, this is these are yeah these are three parts of household waste, and I've got the percentages in the UK. So forty one percent of food waste is because food is not used in time before it goes off. So a few things you need to put a bit more effort into your food planning and plan your meals in advance, buy what you need, um, so it won't go off. Um, just a bit of extra planning would make a big difference in this area. Um, and also like plant based foods, which are also better for the environment, will also keep better as there's a lower chance of food waste, something like a, a beef steak, if you buy it, if it's past the use-by date, even if it doesn't look rotten, you've got to throw it away because it's not safe to eat anymore. Whereas with most plant-based foods, if it still looks all right, it probably is all right. It's obviously not medical advice, but if stuff is past its due date and it's not got mold on it and it doesn't smell bad, uh, then at your own risk, it's probably safe to eat. It feels sort of like a plug, but anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, that's why I've got like ellipses at the end of that line in the show notes. 28% of food waste is because of personal preferences. I mean, what can I say? Don't buy food that you know you don't like to eat. And also, don't be a fussbot. This is something my brother is very guilty of. We got like teriyaki flavored tofu and he loves the normal tofu. And then you get teriyaki flavored tofu, which is the sauce he loves to put on tofu. But this one, no, it was inedible. Obviously, it didn't get thrown out. Someone else ate it. But that's, that's you kind of get the idea. If this person was alone by themselves, they may as well have just thrown out the tofu, which is not good. And then finally, um, people being served too much food, which makes up about 25% of food waste. And so, you know, of course, people should serve themselves only what they want. Um, in a restaurant, there's a lot of restaurants where they ask you, larger small portions you can probably also request a slightly smaller portion if you know you might not eat the full portion if you're not going to finish the entire portion get bring a tupperware or Most ask for some sort of right? you know yeah uh, ask some for some sort of um tupperware hopefully a cardboard tupperware might i add that you can or a compostable one that you can put your leftovers in and take them home for later, maybe lunch the next day. But ideally, just never throw away any edible food um, because only inedible parts of food should be thrown away for, you know, obvious reasons. And, you know, if you're eating at home and you have some leftovers from dinner, there's obviously no issue there with just putting it in Tupperware and eating it the next day. Um, and you should realistically never, ever throw away leftovers from a dinner because you, you can just eat them the next day and it's completely, like, unexplainably wasteful to just throw the stuff away like that. Um, we have a freezer full of, or our fridge is like full of 
well, I found um, an olive jar with two olives in it. And this is the sort of thing we're talking about. You've got to save every last morsel of stuff because it does add up. It does add up. And then uh, the food that you do throw away, make sure that this is composted. So in, in Vermont, at least, it is illegal to not compost your food waste, <laughs> which is a big, you know, state government uh, step in the right direction. But, you know, um, if you're somewhere that's not like Vermont and does not mandate composting, which I feel like is probably most places, then you need to be the ones taking initiative to compost or making demands by the, for, to the government for community composting and mandatory composting. Um, because this is up to you, and it also reduces the need for synthetic um, fertilizers and um, and such, um, which of course, if you go back to the agricultural section, you'll know is not a great thing, um, especially in the long run. Yeah, so in the UK, most councils will provide a food waste bin, and you put your food waste in that, and it gets composted for you in an aerobic digester, or is it anaerobic digester, I can't remember. Um, and that will be composted for you. It will be sent to farms. You don't have to do any of that. If you're in a place that doesn't have that, uh, it's fairly easy. You can just look it up how to set up a compost heap in your own backyard. But it's also good to push for systemic change for sure. So our next solution is to charge people for waste, especially in restaurants. Um, I saw like a video that this was being used in Korea and people would have just used their credit card and they put their food waste in a special bin. It'll be weighed and they have to pay like a pound or two um, in Korean money, obviously to then, uh, you know, dispose of their food waste and they get charged and that's an incentive for them not to uh, waste the food. Um, and I guess it also pays for the responsible disposal of said food. Um, and this is the issue here is something that I mentioned earlier that if people are eating way more than they need, surely it's better to, fo that's still like a waste. So surely it's better to focus on responsible portion sizes and saving leftovers rather than just stuffing it all into a for uh, to avoid a, an extra fine. Um, but it could work, uh, and it just depends on like what the culture is like in that area. And, and this is the sort of thing that should be tailored individually based on the community that you're in. It's also sort of like a technological solution, which is maybe it's you know it's better just to not waste food than like have a super high tech bin just to avoid food waste. Sometimes the sim sometimes the simple solutions are the best ones. And so finally, you know, as we mentioned earlier, food waste in developing nations often comes from an inefficiency in their agricultural systems. So here's a quote from uh, the UNEP about that. Strengthening the supply chain through the direct support of farmers and investments in infrastructure, transportation, as well as in, in an expansion of the food and packaging industry could help to reduce the amount of food loss and waste. The UNEP, by the way, is the UN Environment Program, the UN's arm that is focusing on environmental stuff, if you weren't aware. Excellent. So. That is all we have for you today. I think the key takeaway from this is that food waste, unlike a lot of other issues, is something that you can tackle yourself. Make sure you're not throwing away edible food. Try and compost where possible. Also push for systemic change in the way that we produce food. Uh, aesthetic stands is an example of that. Uh, anyway, have a good fortnight, and we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.